0: We've set this aside as a week of prayer and fasting. And um, if you've been here at Hillcrest before in years past, you've, you've known that we've done this before. Let me just walk you through each day. Today we take things off. And each day throughout the week, there's going to be a theme to pray for. So on Monday, the theme is homes. We can pray for marriages and families. But homes. On Tuesday, we're going to pray for schools, so maybe the schools that you go to or your kids or or someone else goes to. On Wednesday, we're going to pray for workplaces, and uh, so pray for where you work or where someone in your family works. Uh, Pray for blessing on workplaces and on businesses. Thursday, we're going to pray for the government. Pray for all levels of government. Pray especially for the people you didn't vote for. Okay, that's really important. That's a key in praying effectively when it comes to government. Because if you just pray for the people you voted for, uh, I think God's got a whole other step for you in praying and blessing. And then Friday, pray for our church. Now Friday has been set aside as a day of fasting. Um, Oh, let me back it up a little bit. Monday to Friday, our auditorium sanctuary here will be open from 9 to 5 for people to come and pray. So if you if you say, I just have a moment in the day, maybe a half hour window or, or more than that, come and pray here. You might be the only one praying here, but this place is going to be a place of prayer throughout the whole week. And so from 9 to 5, Monday to Friday, uh, this place will be a place of, place of prayer. On Friday is a special day because Friday is a day that we're asking people to fast. And the... the There's instructions in the booklet, you can learn a little bit more about fasting just by reading through the booklet and some of the instructions there. But let me just say this, our our hope is that most people can can fast between breakfast and supper. That means not eating lunch that day. Now you might decide to do much more with fasting, you might decide to do a 24 hour fast, or you might decide to do a fast of a certain item, maybe like you're not going to eat or drink certain things through the week. Maybe you'll do a week-long fast. There's lots of different things. If you've, got, if you've never done a fast before, let me encourage you to start at the shallow end of the pool. And especially if you have medical conditions, it's always important to make sure that you're not just saying, oh, in faith I'll probably live. Uh, you should probably <laughs> take, pay attention to, to what your medical conditions are if you need to ask, uh, you know, somebody in the know will then do that. But I encourage you if, if, to take time to go without food and to replace that food you would consume with prayer, with time with the Lord. Okay? That's the goal. It's not just to not do something, but it is uh, to do something. And uh, you can determine that fasting through prayer. Ask the Lord, 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 what do you want me to fast about? What do you want, do you want me to dedicate this time to? How do you, what do you want me to focus that prayer time on? Maybe even one of these these suggestions on here will help you. Then next Sunday is, oh, I haven't got to Sunday yet. That's, that's a Friday, the day of fasting. On Saturday, we encourage people to, if you spent time in prayer for the week, to listen. Uh, listening prayer is something that we're growing in as a church. So take some time to listen and, and, and try to sense what God is leading you to. And then on Saturday night, we have a special event at 7 o'clock at the May Wilson Theater. We're joining many churches from our city for a night of prayer. And this, uh, there'll be, it'll be a worship time, but it'll also be prayer together with other churches in the city. And um, this is a sort of a special thing. We haven't really done it before. Uh, our mayor has sort of got the ball rolling. Uh, and I think the main focus of our time is going to be declaring that we as a city need God. That we need him. And that we can't... Uh, flourish or prosper or, or, or do what we're meant to do as a city without God's help. And so that's just what, I mean, it's, it's going to be an hour and a half on, on, uh, on, the, on the Saturday night from 7 till 8.30, but a very special event, sort of uh, something that new that hasn't been done before that I'm aware of. Anyhow, many churches are going to join us at the May Wilson and encourage you all to come on the Saturday night. Then next Sunday, we're going to have a feast to end our week of fasting. We'll do some feasting. Uh, We're going to have a big lunch provided uh, by a caterer, and uh, you'll want to stay for that. And then, of course, as our chairman Phil had said, there is a membership class after the feast next Sunday. Oh, one more thing. On the Monday after next Sunday, we start our six-week Hearing God seminar. So if you... uh, I know about 137 to 150 people took in the Hearing God seminar last year, and it was incredible. Uh, You know, one of the neat things is it's it's about tuning our ears to hear God's voice. But one of the neat things I heard people say again and again that I didn't expect them to say was they said that actually one of the best blessings of doing the Hearing God seminar was I was reading my Bible more. I heard that from people. They said, I was reading my Bible more. And the reason they were reading their Bible more is because they were coming back to share what they'd read in the Bible. And isn't that the secret sauce for getting anything done? I had a friend that just signed up at the gym, the January sign-up, you know, the gyms are full. Uh, signed up at the gym to do a special program to, you know, to achieve fitness goals. And they, before they started, they sat my friend down and said, you need a partner People with partners succeed better than people without partners. You need a partner to to take this fitness journey and to take the next step. And so my friend found a partner and and got started on their journey. And I thought, man, that's the secret sauce. When you do things together, it works better. Right? Our our small groups pastor, uh, Dave Moore, he often says, if you want to go uh, fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, you go together. And uh, I think it's absolutely true. Let's do it together, and uh, we'll see what God will do in our lives. So this morning is a kickoff of of our week of prayer and fasting, and so we're going to take some time to do different types of prayer this morning. If you grab your, now I hope everyone's got one, uh, if you grab your your little prayer guide here and flip it open to the first page, you see this morning, January 15th, mini prayer summit. That's what we're going to do now. We're going to take some time and pray and work through some, some different things. But first, uh, I want to just show you a video, and then we'll, we'll jump into where we're at with, with the book. So,
1: I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit for apart from me, you can do nothing. Suppose you are totally paralyzed and can do nothing for yourself but talk. And suppose a strong and reliable friend promised to live with you and do whatever you needed done. How could you glorify this friend if a stranger came to see you? Would you glorify his generosity and strength by trying to get out of bed and carry him? No. You would say, friend, please come lift me up. And would you put a pillow behind me so I can look at my guest? And would you please put my glasses on for me? And so your visitor would learn from your requests that you're helpless and that your friend is strong and kind. You glorify your friend by needing him and by asking him for help and counting on him. In John 15:5, Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. So we really are paralyzed. Without Christ we are capable of no christ exalting good as paul says in romans 7:18 nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh but john 15:5 also says that god does intend for us to do much christ exalting good namely bear fruit whoever abides in me and i in him he it is that bears much fruit so as our strong and reliable friend i have called you friends john 15 15 he promises to do for us and through us what we can't do for ourselves how then do we glorify him jesus gives the answer in john 15:7. if you abide in me and my words abide in you ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you we pray we ask God to do for us through Christ what we can't do for ourselves bear fruit verse 8 gives the result by this my father is glorified that you bear much fruit so how is God glorified by prayer Prayer is the open admission that without Christ, we can do nothing. And prayer is the turning away from ourselves to God in the confidence that he will provide the help we need.
0: Prayer is the turning away from ourselves to God in the confidence that he will provide what we need. Why do we pray? Why do we pray? I want to give you just quickly a few things. We're going to pray, but first I want to tell you why we pray. Again, the video shared many good things. Uh, Can we just go to that uh, slide entitled, Why We Pray? First one is God commands us to pray. Uh, in Colossians four two, it says, Be devote, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And in Romans 12.12, 12, it says, Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. You'll see it throughout the scripture, that we're commanded to pray. Next slide. The second reason beyond just being commanded to pray is that we have big needs. We have big needs. The Bible outlines needs for, that people who are not believers yet have. And needs that believers have. For those who are not believers, it says, The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So we pray so that those who are not yet believers yet will see. And then the needs of believers are huge too. It says, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Right? Right? Nothing to brag about on our own sake. It's what God has done. And then it describes the condition of many believers. We're hard-pressed on every side. Do you know any Christians who are experiencing that (laughs) predicament? We're hard-pressed on every side but not crushed. We're perplexed. Believers get perplexed, very perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted. It seems like in this time in history, more persecution for believers than any other time in the history of the world persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down. We're hearing those stories uh, coming from different parts in the world of, of those who've died for their faith, struck down, but not destroyed. We have great big needs. That's one of the reasons why we pray. But I think even more than being commanded to pray and even more than the size of our needs, there's the last one. It's the hopeful one. God acts when we pray. Ephesians 3.20, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. Some of you can ask a lot. Some of you can imagine a lot. God can do more than those things. He can do more than we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Can you imagine what God can imagine if we could only ask all those things? But let's not hold back, if the God's level of what he can do is up here, and our level of its asking is down here, and we can't even rise to this level to ask or imagine what those things, let's at least rise. Let's at least ask more. Let's at least believe more. Let's at least imagine more for what God could possibly do. Let's increase our faith. James 4.2 says, you do not have, for this simple reason, because you do not ask God, a shame to get to the end of your life and realize that all the things you could have had if you simply had followed this principle and asked God. Last one, Jeremiah 33.3 3 says, call to me and I will answer you. So simple. Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. One of the great things that happens to us in prayer is that God communicates with us. It's not just a one-way dialogue. It's not meant to be that way. But as we pray, God will put impressions on our heart, thoughts in our minds, things where we suddenly go, I think I know what God wants me to do. He'll give us guidance. He'll tell you great and unsearchable things that you don't know. And, uh, and that's incredible that God will do that for us. So our first uh, exercise we're going to do this morning is a responsive reading. And it, it talks about the supremacy of Jesus. It's Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 to 23. So I'm going to ask you to stand with me. It's just a few verses long. I'm going to ask you to read the part that says congregation. We'll just wait till that slide comes up here. Okay. All right, there we go. You read the part that says congregation, and then I'll read the, the second part that says pastor, and we'll go back and forth twice here, okay? So I'll help you get started. Here we go. The son And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead. So that in everything, he might have the supremacy. God was pleased to have his fullness dwell in him. And through him to reconcile to himself all things. Whether things on earth or things in heaven. By making peace through his blood shed on the cross. When it comes to praying and then coming to approaching God, I wanted to uh, begin with a focus on who God is. See, we always enter God's presence. Uh, the Old Testament says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. We enter with thanksgiving, but there's two aspects of thanksgiving. The first aspect of thanksgiving is thanking him for who he is. Sometimes we miss that. The second one is more logical for us. It's thanking him for what he's done. We're used to that, right? So... You might write a card to your mother on Mother's Day or or a a card to someone you love and you'd say, thank you for doing this, thank you for doing this. you." You say it in nicer words, obviously, or maybe you don't. Anyhow, thank you for doing this, thank you for doing this, thank you for doing this, thank you for doing this. But occasionally we actually say, and thank you for who you are. Thank you for who you are. And so with God, often our prayers, when it comes to thanking God, we often jump to the Things that we're thankful for that He's done, but we wanted to begin with who He is. And so today I want to just deal with two aspects of His character. Boy, if you wanted to talk about the fullness of who God is, there's not enough ink in the world to cover that topic. So I'm just going to grab onto two aspects of His character, uh, or his, of who He is, and uh, and we'll we'll praise Him for that. We'll thank Him for that. It's like it's like seeing a tiny little bit of all of God is, and uh, even that is overwhelming. So the first part is I want to, we want to thank and praise God for his transcendence. So we got that? Yeah, his transcendence. Now, that's a, that's a theological word. Uh, you don't need to remember it. Basically, it means he's greater than and separate from his creation. And that's a really condensed definition. Uh, People write pages and pages of what it means that God's so majestic and perfect and and holy and he's above all things and he's separate and distinct from his creation and he's he's the maker of all things. It it just goes on and on and on. Give me two, two verses. Isaiah 55 says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts neither are my ways neither are your ways my ways declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. And then Psalm 113 says, who is like the Lord our God? The one who sits enthroned on high, who stoops down to look on the heavens and the earth. So there's the first concept. He's transcendent. So if you go into a cathedral, you'll see architecture that actually emphasizes that. In fact, churches were built that way specifically to draw your eye upward to give you a sense of awe and wonder. Now, let me read you about the second part. Thank you thanking and praising God for his second attribute, that he's imminent. Imminent. This is a partnering word. God is near to and gets involved with and cares for his creation. And so this is, uh, again, pages could be written about this, uh, but God is, is, He cares about his creation. He wants to get involved in, in, in the world, in his creation, in our lives. And uh, by the way, buildings are built on this concept too. This one is. Do you notice? Comfortable. Kleenex. There's lots of little signals that tell you that this building talks about God is near. That he's close. So if you go to a cathedral, you'll go, wow, God is so majestic and, and amazing. But if you don't catch on that he's near, you might feel he's unapproachable. On the flip side, if you come here and you go, God is near. He wants to have a relationship with me. But you don't catch on how majestic he is, you might not value it. And you might not approach him. So when you get these two concepts coming together, that God is, is transcendent and, and amazing and above all, you go, wow, that's amazing. And then you get this, that, that same God wants to have relationship with me, you're like David in the Old Testament. He says, what is man? You are mindful of him. Blows your mind. Well, Let's bring these things together. This next slide will give us some verses where, where it's not just transcendence and it's not just imminence. It's both together, and that's what the Bible shows us. Isaiah 57, 15. For this is what the high and lofty one says. He lives forever, whose name is holy. See, transcendence. I live in a high and holy place, but also with him who is contrite and lowly in spirit. To revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. Luke eleven two, the, the Lord's Prayer has both these things in it. Our Father. That's a relational word. That's an intimate word. Our Father, who art in heaven. He's a transcendent Father. He's, he's near and yet he's above. Acts 17 Paul said this when he was speaking to uh, the people. Um, he said, the God who made the world, in Athens, yeah. The God who made the world the world and all the things in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands. Wow, he's transcendent. Though he's not far from each one of us, for in him we live and move and exist. He's, he's close. And then I'll just quote C.S. Lewis here. He said, God is both further from us and nearer to us than any other being. I want you to stand with me. God is not just transcendent. He's imminent. God is not just above and separate from all the things that he's created. He is deeply engaged in our lives. I want you to take some time and just reflect on that. We're going to do that silently. In a a moment we'll have chances to to pray out loud, but I want you to reflect on that silently. That God uh, took on the form of humanity in Jesus to move into the neighborhood where we were to have relationship with us. So I want you just to take this moment We aren't going to take a long time, but I want you to take this moment to thank God that he didn't stay removed, but that he came. So you can do that in your own heart. You can do it silently. Let's just take that time. Let's just thank God together. Lord Jesus, uh, it's right for us to begin this way, recognizing your your greatness and and your graciousness. We don't wanna be flippant as we come before the Almighty One. We don't wanna somehow miss the moment because we fail to recognize your presence. And so, Lord, we just ask that uh, we'd recognize your greatness, your holiness, your majesty, the wonder and awe that that we experience is only just a small fraction of what could be ours if we could fully grasp who you were or who you are. Lord, I I just ask that you'd, you'd make yourself real to us. We know that when we fix our eyes on you, the things that perplex us the things that uh bother us and and that are uh are troubling us they shrink so i pray you give us a vision of your your greatness and then also a vision of your graciousness that you didn't have to come as a servant yet you did you didn't uh You didn't come and blow, bowl over the armies of the earth and the nations and yet you came and offered yourself as a sacrifice for us. So we begin there. Thank you for your graciousness. Thank you that you did not treat us as our sins deserved. But you freely offered us all things in you through the cross. And so we, we begin there with thankfulness for who you are, you're a great creator, you're a great savior, you made us and you bought us back, we're twice yours, so we recognize that today, we recognize that where we begin, we begin as as people who uh, happily live indebted to you, we don't live in that uh, in some wallowing fashion, we live in that in joy that we are the rest of our lives in a dependent state on you and you empower us in that way. You cause us to bear much fruit as we are connected to you, the vine. So Lord, we begin here. And we begin 2017 here. The challenges of this year we're not able to do on our own. There are things that you would bring into our lives if we would ask. So, Lord, we, we want to bring great glory to you. We want to demonstrate our dependence today. We want to take our eyes off ourselves and on to you. And, Lord, I just pray that you'd be honored and glorified. That'd be the baseline for all that we do today. You'd be honored and glorified. In your name. Amen. I invite you just to stay standing. We're just going to move into thanking God and praising him for what he's done. We recognize who he is. Let's move into thanking God and recognizing what he's done. And you know what? God has done so very much. Some of this we've been thanking God all year. If you've come to some of the prayer summits we've had this year, we've been thanking him for all these things as they've just been adding up all these reasons to thank God. Let's just go through some of them. Uh, we paid off our mortgage in April. That was pretty exciting. Anyone thrilled about that? Anyone? Yes? Yes. We were, we were pumped to, to be able to raise some money for Joe's Place this year. Between our regular giving to Joe's Place and the extra that we raised, it was $20,000, was raised in 2016. That should be 16. Uh, 53,000 pounds of food were collected for the food bank on October 31st. Many of you were the hands and feet that made that happen. Uh, Kettleston had an end-of-the-year need, and uh, we said we'd raise 10000 We accidentally raised 26000 These things get ahead of you know. <laughs> we just... And then at our Christmas Eve service, we were raising funds for the Moose Jaw Christian Counseling Center. They had an ne- end-of-the-year need, and uh, 6000 was raised to meet that need. And here, I put this one on the end. Lisa Hogg, she had a kitchen need. She had a kitchen she wanted to, she's in Thailand. I guess building a kitchen in Thailand only costs $500. And uh, I put that on the end because God is big and transcendent and blows the doors off big needs, and then he doesn't forget. Five hundred dollar kitchens in Thailand, and so we're able to do that as well with God's help. So let's begin here. I want you to praise God with out loud. That means the beginning point is a whisper that almost no one can hear. uh, To you can go to a shout, I guess. But let's just praise God for all these different things, and let's just begin to. and And we'll go through several slides this way. But we'll just begin to praise Him, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Thank you so much for what you've done, Lord Jesus. We'll just back up that slide. Back up the slide so people can, yeah. Lord, we we'll just thank you for the things that you've done, Lord Jesus, and the things you've provided, yes. Yeah, thank you, Lord Jesus, for all the different ways you provided finances, Lord Jesus. Thank you for um, for Joe's place. Thank you for that ministry there. I pray you continue to support them, Lord Jesus. I thank you that they're a blessing in the city, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord Jesus. I thank you also that uh, you are working, you're continuing working to them, Lord Jesus. Thank you for Kettleston, Lord Jesus. I pray Strengthen the leadership there. I pray for for Cam and Carrie. Jesus. Amen. All right, we're going to go to our next slide. Can I, Gerald, can I just... Test, test. Okay, let's go to our next slide here. Let's just switch... All right, we we are thrilled about so many different things. Now, let me just quickly we we celebrated some of these before. Uh, remember, some of you guys remember we we're in a prayer service where we prayed for Bree Jeanson's tumor, and again, we also celebrated that a while ago that it's gone. We're thrilled about that. Uh, also, we prayed for Bardo Jim's surgery. It went well, but keep praying. They're not out of the woods. That this is a you know they're in they're in the deep the deep water right now. And so we going to keep praying for them. Uh, And then also Pastor Doug Siglico, I remember telling you that he had fallen, he'd hit his head, and that he was unable to leave his dark room. He wasn't even able to open his eyes for days. And uh, the next time I phoned him, he was vacationing in BC after we'd prayed. So God answers prayer. God answers prayer. Where are you, Doug? Does God answer prayer? Amen. All right. So he's here with us today. So let's praise God for the ways healed in our church. This is a great time. If you know someone who needs healing, pray for them at this time as well. Let's begin to pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you're a great healer. We thank you that you have the might and the power and the ability to heal anything, Lord Jesus. And so, Lord Jesus, give us faith to, to continue to pray for these things. Lord Jesus, I thank you for Breanne Jensen. I thank you that you've, you've touched her body. And she won't be the same, Lord Jesus, because of what you've done, Lord Jesus. I thank you also for Doug, that he's, he's, he's alive and well and doing good, Lord Jesus. We thank you for that. But, Lord, we also just ask for Bart and Sheila, Lord Jesus. You cover them, Lord Jesus. Cover them, Lord Jesus, with your protection. I pray you do a healing work in their lives, Lord Jesus. I pray for uh, your provision, your healing touch, Lord Jesus can only come from you lord jesus you're the only one but lord we look to you we trust in you we believe in you you're a good healer lord jesus you're incredible all right let's go to the next slide let's go to the next slide this is really quickly we're thanking god for 100 kids at mega sports camp 15 decisions for christ 200 adults in our life groups there's a great increase there Uh, let's uh, pray for more than that let's continue to pray lord jesus we thank you for these things we thank you for what you did in 2016 Thank you, Lord Jesus, for kids who came out, Lord Jesus, who, who heard the gospel for the first time, Lord Jesus. I pray for more in 2017, more to hear the gospel, Lord Jesus, more that would understand that you love them, you care for them, you died for them, you'll lead them and guide them, you'll be their forgiver, you'll be their leader, Lord Jesus. You'll provide, Lord Jesus, I pray for that. Lord, I also pray for uh, those in our life groups, Lord Jesus pray for those in our life groups who are learning together. I pray that those would be uh, places of community and love and learning, and you are glorified in the midst. Lord Jesus, I pray for more in this next year, the 2017 great year of learning as well. Let's go to the next slide. Next slide. Yeah, every Syrian family was welcomed personally by a family from Hillcrest this last year. We provided bridges of training, bridges training resources for connecting Christians with Muslims. We have ongoing Syrian friendships that continue to this day, and this is a really neat convergent one. We had two Syrian mothers volunteer to bring their infants or bi- or toddlers. I guess they're toddlers at a certain stage uh, to be part of the Roots of Empathy program, which our church has been a big supporter of for for several years. So it's like these two wonderful disconnected things connected in such a cool way and so uh, I think the empathy that has come out of this church uh, in one way and in another way when they came together we had a big uh, laugh over God's planning is it incredible what he can do so let's praise the Lord for that thank you Lord Jesus that you're working in people's lives and thank you that you give us this opportunity God find us faithful find us faithful equip us to be faithful Lord Jesus uh, to care to love to share, Lord Jesus, the things that you want us to bring. I think you've got good things in store. You're not do, there's, What are you doing? We don't know, but you are working behind the scenes, and Lord, we want to work with you. We want to be part and parcel with what you're doing, so we praise you in this regard, Lord Jesus, for what you're doing here. Yeah, we just praise you. Thank you so much that you've done these things in our lives. Amen. All right. Now this... Um, oh, we got one more. Sorry. One more. God is our leader and deliverer. So we had 137 people finish hearing God's seminar last year about this time. 100 people took on our first set free retreat and then we had 60 at our second one. So uh, we had prayed for 50 to 100. So that was a total answer for prayer. And we had leaders come from Weyburn and Lumsden because they want to do similar programs in their own churches. So uh, that's something we prayed for, for this uh, church renewal to spread. So let's praise God for that. Lord, thank you that you answered our prayers. In this regard, I thank you for every person that took the time to, to hear from you in this, and learn from you how to hear from you, Lord Jesus. I thank you that you spoke to them, you, you ministered to them. Thank you for those who have gone through Set Free, Lord Jesus, learning new patterns for, for a, a life with you, a life patterns that are healthy and good, Lord Jesus. I thank you for setting people free from things that have bound them up and oppressed them for years, Lord Jesus. I thank you that you're doing that. Lord Jesus, I pray, for, I pray for Lumsden, Lord Jesus. I pray for Weyburn. Bless those cities through those churches. Bless those cities through those churches, Lord Jesus. You have a desire for them. You have a desire to, to minister to people in that city, and I pray you'd use your people and use those people that we make connections with. May, may a love for you just spread across Saskatchewan. We ask that in your name. Amen. Amen. All right, you may be seated. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for doing something that is out of your comfort zone. I know for many of you that is uh, something that's new, but we praise God that you would uh, just join us with that in doing that. All right. So let's go to the next one. It's our church prayer requests. Now, some of these are similar to last year. So these are corporate prayer requests. Not the only thing we pray about, but it's things that we're united in prayer in. Anyone know that there's power in united prayer? In fact, when God wants to change something massive, if he wants to change uh, a city or, or a province or a nation, it requires united prayer, extraordinary united prayer. Uh, and That's why I'm sort of quite excited about what's going to happen uh, next Saturday. Seven o'clock, churches are going to get together in united prayer to pray for a city, to declare, we need God. We need God in Moose We need God. We're dependent on God. Without him, uh, we can't do anything that will exalt Christ. We need God to do it. So, um, so we, in the beginning of the year, we we sit down and we just try to figure out what are the things that we would love it if everyone would pray for, and goals that we'd like to see accomplished as a church. So, let me just give you four. The, these are the four, um, and let me point out in your uh, in your little booklet, if you're following along, there's a spot where you can write in something you're thankful for God that's about God, right? Remember, we thank him for who he is. Then there's a spot where you can write something that God has done. So think back in the past, whether it's 2016 or maybe it happened in the last couple of weeks, write something he's done. And then finally, I'm going to ask you to write down maybe one of these corporate prayer requests sort of hits you like, I, I could pray for that or that's near and dear to my heart or that's something that... I, I definitely agree with and want to see happen. And, and then I'd like you to write that down as well. So that first page, there's three different things to fill in. And don't, I know some of you, you're, you're filling in blankers, and if you don't get the blanks filled in, you have a bad day. Don't, please, please, it's okay if you don't get a blank filled in. Uh, I'll just give you permission to not fill in all the blanks. But if that helps you, uh, I, I hope that you'll do, use it. So let's just go through these things really quickly. 2006, it's supposed to say 17, sorry. 2007, that's my fault. First one is church renewal. That Christians in Canada, Saskatchewan, and specifically Moose Jaw would have their spiritual lives revitalized. Revitalized and be, and here's the descriptions of God's people, God's church. A praying church. Of course, we use the Hearing God seminar to advance that uh, that goal in our church. That's starting, again, just in about a week. A holy church, the set free retreat is a tool we use to advance that goal in our church, is to see people uh, dealing with sin and, and learning the patterns that means you don't have to keep going to a set free retreat to keep dealing with sin, but you learn that quick response, quick response to sin in your life so that you're not getting all bound up with 23 years worth of junk, you're actually able to keep short tabs with God and respond quickly. And we are, here's, I didn't highlight it, I should have. We're really, this year, we felt on our hearts to pray specifically for teens, 20s, and 30s. Teens, 20s, and 30s. And we'll do some stuff in the new year, and we'll unfold it later on. But we'll do some stuff where we really want an older generation to pour in to those teens, 20s, and 30s. You know, you think about, if in your teens or your 20s or your 30s you learned the patterns of walking with God, you'd be set for your life, wouldn't you? I mean, if you learned those patterns young, some of you, you came to faith when you were in your 40s, 50s, 60s, or or maybe older, and when you came to faith, you were like, oh, man, if if only I'd known that before, or if only I'd been walking that, or maybe in those ages you're learning a new way of of, of interacting with God or you're finally catching on to some spiritual principle that's really brought things to life for you and you think, oh, if I'd only known this when I was a teenager, if I'd only known this when I was 20, if I'd only known this when I was a young parent, if I only knew this then. And so this year we want to pray specifically into this that we uh, could... uh, I see an impact in our teens and in our 20s and our 30s. So if you're in the teens, 20s, and 30s, you're getting prayed for more this year than ever before. I mean, I know your parents might be praying for you, your grandparents might be praying for you, but the whole church is also praying for you because we really want lifelong patterns of, of spiritual health and vitality. That's what we want to see. And so we're just really praying for that this year. And uh, Set Free Retreat will be a part of that strategy, but we'll just keep going on. Also, a, un, a unified church. Church-wide prayer summits are, are a big deal. What we're doing right now is, is part of that, where we say, hey, let's get everybody on the same page. Let's get everyone praying together. Uh, let's believe God together for the things that he wants to bring into our lives. So that's, a lot of that's communication, helping us to know what are the things we're praying together for, and also why are these things so important, and how can we pray uh, together? So those are some of the things. So church renewal... Is the first one. Let's go to the next slide. Then pray for our leadership team. And so I've included pastors, elders, leaders of ministries. Uh, we're right now in this season where we're actually selecting new elders to replace elders who are coming off the eldership board. So that's a good time to pray for them. It's really, this is key because if you've ever uh, thought of spiritual warfare, how do you stop a ministry in its tracks how would how would you take down the children's department or the youth ministry or how would you if you were an evil force well probably the easiest thing would not would be to take out its leadership that's what happens all across the board that's why in the bible it tells us to pray for leaders and all those in authority right so when we pray for government we pray for everyone in the government but we might pray specifically for who the ones who head the government right so you might pray for the the prime minister or the premier or the mayor or or the school principal or the or you might pay pray for your pastor you should do those things those things are good to do because it's really important uh that there's healthy uh god-honoring leaders in those positions and that they're they're doing well so pray for that number three For Hillcrest people to impact Moose Jaw for Jesus through personal relationships in our families, workplaces, and schools. So this is just a prayer for everybody else who's here in the room. Don't we want to impact people for Jesus? Don't we want to see people impacted in their lives for Christ? I think we do. And our families is one of the, you know, when I say families, some of you you immediately think of people. When I say workplaces, you might think of people. When I say schools, you might think of people. And... uh, We need God to make an impact there. If we just think, I'm clever enough, I'm charming enough, I'm smart enough, I'm good-looking enough, you have not done the math right. I mean, that might all be true. You might be all those things. But that does not add up to a transformed life. You need the Holy Spirit to touch a person's heart. You need God to draw them to himself. And you need to, and that's where prayer comes in. That's where prayer comes in. So pray for that, for the impact of our people in Moose Jaw. And number four, for our partners in missions. So we have partners in Taiwan, Malaysia, Thailand, Turkey, at Joe's Place, Athletes in Action, uh, Kettleson Camp, and then, I mean, we have so many people from our own church who are engaged with Syrian families, Syrian friends in this city. And our prayer is that, that all of these areas would experience increased numbers of salvations and discipleship. Again, this is the kind of impact we're talking about. The impact we want in Moose Jaw, we want in the rest of the world. And the impact we want in the rest of the world, we want in Moose Jaw. Right? These things are all together. So we pray for our partners. And uh, there's incredible people serving in all these areas. All these areas have incredible people serving. And we want to pray for them and hold them up in prayer so that they will see uh, the results uh, that need to happen. So those are our four prayer requests. So can we cycle back through those again? Can we just go back to the first of those three slides? So church renewal. One of these might grab you more than the others. You can write that in the blank. Church renewal. Let's go to the second slide. Our leadership team, Hillcrest people to impact Moose Jaw for Jesus. And number four, for our partners in missions. All right. If one grabbed you there, I hope that you wrote it down. The next thing we want to do in this time of prayer is we want to, we want to take our booklets. And this, you'll see the next page has got some scriptures on it. You found that? What we want to do is we want to take a little bit of time and just allow you to read the scriptures that are there. It's just And as you're reading them, here's what I often would recommend you do. If you have a pen, that's really helpful. I know lots of you might not have a pen. If you have a pen, what I often do is I go through a passage like that. Is I just I highlight every line that really sticks out to me. Then I go through it again. I often, the second time, then I'll, I'll circle the ones that, out of the ones that stick out to me, the ones that stick out the most. And then I'll go through it a third time. I'm just telling you stuff I do. I go through it a third time, and I'll choose one phrase. I'll choose one phrase and that phrase I'll pray back to God so I'll grab one phrase and I'll say uh, you know maybe you'll go through that and you'll you'll you know the first line store don't store up treasures for yourself on earth or whatever maybe that's the line that jet grabs you and you you end up with that one I'll pray that back to God God forgive me for storing up treasures here on earth and help me uh, to store up treasure in heaven and I'll begin to use that and I'll I'll begin to Branch out with that and say, oh, man, I shouldn't have bought that Lamborghini, and those payments are killing me. and No, whatever. You know what I mean. But I'll, I'll come back, and I'll use that scripture. I'll pray God, the words of scripture back to God. And, uh, and you, then you know you're praying, you know, sometimes your prayers are out in left field, but this will bring them uh, closer and closer in line with what God's will is. So let's take some time to read. We're going to give you some time for this. If you got a pen, use that. Otherwise, just use your mind. God will uh, maybe bring something to your attention where you really need to do business with him. And at the end, I'm going to talk to you about surrendering secondary things, okay? So let's, we'll put some music on and give you some time to read. You know for some, it takes a long time to sometimes get something when you're reading Scripture. If you need, take it home. Spend some more time in it. But I want to bring, bring us to a conclusion here. And you'll see there's, last, there's two last questions. In the winter of 97, 1997, I was anticipating a pretty eventful, amazing, historic day. In fact, I'd almost asked my friend Terry to plan a party to celebrate the the event that was to come. Um, Because it was the day I was going to ask Marnie to go out with me. So 1997, I... Wintry day in February, I believe. And uh, we went for a long walk in the snow. And then we stopped at a nice little spot and sat on a bench. And... uh, I fumbled and over my words and then finally came out with it and asked her if we could start dating and if she would go out with me. And I was thinking, oh, it's too bad I hadn't got Terry to plan that party afterwards because once we're going out, it'll be great together with friends and, you know, to celebrate. But I was really thankful that I didn't plan the party because she said no. <laughs> After that, She was up visiting me in northern Saskatchewan where I lived. I I found my journaling got a lot deeper after that. See, anything can be a secondary thing. Anything can be a secondary thing. When Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and all these other things will be added as well. He's not saying that, you know, some of you know the rest of the story, obviously, because I married Marty, and it's, it all ended up happily ever after, but it doesn't mean that when you seek God that he'll give you everything else or that you'll get everything else you wanted or that seeking God is a tricky way to bend God's arm so that he, he has to comply with your requests. I've had other areas in my life where, now that one, God, took Marnie's no, and he used it in a deep way in my life. I remember writing in my journal and probably tear-stained pages. Finally, it took me a while to get to this place, but this girl that I admired and obsessed over and thought about and phoned all the time and wrote letters to and did all those things that suddenly I had to write in my journal and say, God, I don't need her. I do need you. God had used that event to help me see that something was primary and something was secondary. And that he was primary, above all things, even my greatest wish. And I hope this scripture helps you with that as well. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things, don't worry about them. They might be the wrong treasure, like the first uh, paragraph. Your eyes might be focused on the wrong thing. They can, that brings darkness into our lives. Right? We might be serving the wrong master. This is a wonderful corrective in our lives. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these other things. Don't worry about them. See, some of those things that we surrender to God, the secondary things, like my relationship with Marnie, when we put them forth, some of those things he may give back to us. Other of those other things he may take from us and change our heart, give us a new heart for the things That really matter and the act of surrender doesn't tell you don't know in the act of surrender what the end of the surrender is you don't know whether he might give it back to you but now it's second place in the right order in your relationship with God or he might take it away and it's no place but he still calls us to seek the kingdom first all those other things there's two last questions in your form there that you're filling out one is is there a secondary thing that you need to surrender as you go into 2017 maybe it's clear maybe it's not i don't know is there a secondary thing you need to surrender it's a thing that's grabbed your imagination It's the thing that's grabbed your affections it's the thing that takes your time, your money, your treasure. It's the thing. But you know it's competing with with Christ. Christ calls us to seek him first. So I'm going to ask you to do two things at the end. Uh, prayer teams, you guys can come. I've got, we got about six prayer teams here this morning. We're going to do two things at the end. One, I want you to, I want you to, Do business with God. I invite you to do business with God. I can't compel you to do it, but I I would plead with you to do it. It's the road to a much better life. What he's got planned for us is far more than what we can ask or imagine for our own sake. If there's secondary things that you think maybe they've been creeping up, like my relationship with Marnie had been creeping up on my relationship with God, vying for number one, potentially to overtake that position in my life if that's the case in your life it'd be a great time to put that thing back to tell it to take a number to put it back where it belongs and so maybe you want to identify that thing maybe god's already identified for it you just need to have the courage to actually write it down to say god yeah i see this is taking this is vying for number one in my life and i need to surrender it and recognize that it's second and i open my hand and Presented to you as in surrender, Jesus was the ultimate example of a surrendered life. He, having lived perfectly obediently to his Father, at the very last minute, prays this prayer, which seems weird. He says, "If, if I, I'd love this cup to pass, I'd love to skip the cross, but not my will, but yours be done." So two. Two prayers. One, a prayer of surrender, saying, God, this is second. It needs to be second. I want to make you first again. And however you want to deal with this other thing, you make it clear, and I I want to follow. The second prayer is prayers for an area of your life. Some of you came in pretty burdened. You come pretty burdened with some area of your life that you really want to see God transform. And I would say a safe prayer to always pray You say, well, I don't even know if I'm praying what God wants for me. Well, you can always pray what Jesus prayed. God, this is what I desire, but not my will, but yours be done. So you can use that second blank just to indicate that and say, okay. I'm going to pray prayers like Jesus prayed. And then I'm probably going to be safer in my prayers because they're going to be surrendered prayers. So I'm going to invite the prayer teams to come. I invite you guys to stand. Some of you will stand with your booklets because you're still scribbling in them and you're still staring at them. That's okay. But we're going to set up prayer teams. We've got six prayer teams here this morning. And 2017 is a great opportunity for a new start. For some, it just needs to be, God's calling you to return in some small way or maybe large way, but God's calling you to return. For some of you, just say, God's saying, oh yeah this needs to be refreshed in my life. This needs to be made new. This needs to be prioritized. And you just say, okay, I want to commit that to the Lord. I want to, I want to commit to the Lord in that way and, and agree with him on that. For some of you, you're, you're saying, I already see a major obstacle in 2017. I already see a major thing in my path, and I'm not sure how to overcome it. And you want to commit that to prayer. Some of you you just say, you know what, I'm, I'm launching out in something that requires huge faith, and I need the blessing of God in my marriage. I need the blessing of God in my parenting. I need the blessing of God in relating to my parents. Whatever it is, I need the blessing of God in my business, at school. Then we've got teams here, some elders and prayer people they love to pray with you. But let's let's take this time, let's begin 2017 with dedicating these things to God. And uh, again, I, there's prayer teams all the way around the room. I encourage you to take some time with some of these couples where two or three are gathered and he is there. So have, have some time, let's dedicate that time to God. We'll just put some music back on and we'll end this way. But let's ring in 2017 together with dedicating this year to God. Let's dedicate it to him. Lord Jesus, this is your year. Every year is your year. All time and all eternity is yours. You've given us a window, a snapshot to live. And we want to pass the test. We want to live for you. So lead us, show us, guide us, and give us hearts that leap to say yes to you in your name. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. This is how we'll dismiss our time together. Let's pray.